to to show that that God uses the unqualified um, in in everyday walks of life to to reach more kingdom ground. And uh, Trey and I definitely believe that with with everything in us. Um, so we have another interview coming your way today of someone who does that in his everyday life. Who he may not be, you know, the most qualified in what he does, but God makes him qualified. Um, so. I'm excited to to hear this interview. I'm excited to hear what uh, he has to say, and uh, I'm ready to jump into this thing. Yeah, this week we're talking with uh, a lot of, to a lot of people. He's known as playing simply just the man, all around the man. Uh, one of my baseball coaches from back in high school, somebody that um, was always just an encourager, someone who always spoke truth and spoke life, um, somebody who could teach and and love and encourage and challenge you all at the same time. Um, so without further ado, this is Mr. Hugh Lopez. So, coach, how you been, man? I've I have been really, really good, as we are saying lately, blessed and unstoppable. That's right, better than you, better than you deserve, huh? Amen, amen. So, um, like I was saying, maybe maybe you heard the inter- introduction, um, coach. You were the man. Everybody loved you back at back at the school. We, coach, we loved you. We we loved seeing you. We loved uh, just. Um, getting to see you love on other students, love on us. Um, but, um, yeah, man, I miss, I miss those days. Well, first of all, I just want to thank you first for the invite and the honor. Uh, you guys are really, really making me feel less than anything right now <laughs> because this is, this is a big honor for just to see you, Trey, um, doing God's work in the, outspoken way the way you're doing it and you're honoring others this is very very encouraging to me because sometimes you know you sow seeds you encourage people and you don't ever see the fruit of it Mm. and i'm sitting here and i'm watching the fruit right in front of my eyes and this is very very encouraging and i just want to tell people that are out there that are listening hey this is very, very possible to live a life without regret, to live a life of holiness and a, a life of honoring God daily. So thank you for the invite. Amen. Absolutely. And and also another part of that, if you're if you're a younger man or woman, please seek out uh, godly um God honoring people, older people in your life that can lead and guide and direct you. Um so with that being said, coach. Tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you come from, um, what was it like, you know, growing up, things like that. 
Well, thank you for that honor again. Uh, I have lived half a century, so I have to go back a little ways. Um, you know, I grew up on an island, the island named Curacao. If you're familiar with some baseball players that plays for the Braves, Ozzy Albies, Kenny, uh, Kenley Jensen, you have Didi Gregorius that was playing for the Phillies. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of guys that are playing in Major League Baseball that's from the island right now. And we grew up on an island where, you know, it's just – sunny is 90 degrees from january through january so we're throwing rocks all day um as a little kid growing up in a household of a single mom with my sister it was very unique because normally you would have a, a single mother that trying to do it all and it was very very hard because you will understand that when you don't have a father in the household, sometimes as a young man, you have to take that role of a father and you don't even know what you're doing. You're just hoping that you're doing a good job honoring your mother, honoring your family the best you know how to. And through all of that, um, God was faithful. God mm -hmm. helped us through where I was. And here I am today because of those little steps that we took back in the days. Mm. Amen. Man, that's wild. But uh, so, w what would you say? Like, maybe not even at home, but as a as a community. Um, I mean, how on that island was belief in God? Was that something that was common? Or, well, the main religion on the island, basically in the Caribbean, in the Latin American community, the main religion is Catholic, and basically. 80% of the culture is, uh, you know, we're, we're sort of a Catholic, basically religion where, you know, you go to the priest and you say your penance and yeah. you ask for forgiveness. And however, I didn't grow up as a Catholic. My mom grew up as a Catholic, but she kind of faded away after mm -hmm. she got married and she started doing her, her own thing. And I remember I was living close to a Catholic church and all my friends used to be Catholic mm -hmm. and they go to church. So I wanted to go to church with them because all my friends, they go to church on Saturday. So one Saturday I went with them and they all went and took communion. So I followed suit. So I walked <laughs> in the middle of the aisle, walked with them to go take communion. And the priest looked at me and said, who are you? I've never <laughs> seen you before. Yeah. I said, I'm here to take communion. Yeah. My boys are taking communion, so yeah. I want a part of this. He said, well, bread. you have to go through the sacrament. You have to go through all of the regimen, the religious stuff that they do in the Catholic. And I didn't know what that was. Yeah. So he basically denied me of communion at, you know, that little wafer and that little drink that yeah. they drink. I got denied and rejected, man. And I was so mad yeah. that... A religion is just going to reject me like that. So you bet your bottom dollar. I was throwing rocks at that church every time <laughs> I, I went by there. I was, I mean, I tell you. That's how was, I got that million dollar arm. <laughs> I was working my arm pretty good every time I went by that church. But, you know, all jokes aside, um, I remember I was about eight and my mom put us to sleep. And I hear this story later, later on in our you know, as I get a little bit older, my mom put me and my sister to bed after we had a long day of, you know, we went to the beach and it was a phenomenal day. And not knowing that my mom was about to commit suicide that night mm -hmm. and not knowing that she's putting us to bed and my uncle's wife 
right at the moment that she's putting us to bed, just come to the house and said, listen, I want you to come to church with me tonight. It was actually a Sunday evening. Mm-hmm. We have this uh, evangelist that's coming in and, you know, he's preaching a good word. And I want you, my mom said, listen, I don't want to hear none, none of that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I got to take care of my family and let not knowing that she was fixing to go commit suicide that night. Mm. So, of course, she kept begging her, begging her, begging. She said, listen, put the kids in the car. I'll take care of the kids and let's go. Mm-hmm. My mom got saved that night. Wow. And wow. that's how I got to know Jesus Christ as my Savior. Wow. Through your mom? Through my mom. And, of course, you know, she started, you know, she became a radical Christian. And yeah. it was it was over with. Wow. Yeah. What a wow. Testimony. That's awesome. So, uh so I guess that kind of um, that went through your family, you know, started with your mom and kind of you and your family started to build this faith and trust and belief in God. And what age were you when this happened with your mom, where she went to this, you know, um, this church service? And as far saying? as I can remember, it was pretty early in my in my youth. I was around eight or nine years old because I remember. You know, it's oh, you, you're taking me a long, long time back. <laughs> I can remember us started starting to go to church on a regular basis, and I used to remember walk to Sunday school. We used to have like a children's church, and we walked to this children's wow. church. So I started gathering all my buddies <laughs> every Sunday morning to walk with me to this yeah. children's church. So they got saved through That's this, awesome. you know. And That's it's awesome. just we became like a walking evangelist, yeah. you know, going to children's church. We wouldn't miss children's church because that was our time to just go and you know basically get to know the lord and hear the stories of david and goliath and hear the stories of you know jonah and the whale and the story you know all the bible stories from back in the days which just empowered us more and more and you know of course throwing the rock at the church helped because i was like oh this is how david threw the the rock you know but he used the slingshot but anyway then you started stealing those catholic kids oh my goodness (laughs) (laughs) wow what a what a great what a testimony and uh let me just say praise god yes Uh, absolutely um so that's kind of your early years what about uh maybe in the past uh 10 or so years um where 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 have you seen kind of the lord working on your life and um i mean even now like what's what's a day in the life of Coach Hugh, Hugh, Hugh Lopez. Coach Hugh Lopez. Well, I can tell you this. I want to thank Coach Lloyd Skoda, mm-hmm. that I, that was my mentor when I coached at Faith Academy for six years. And because I was always looking for a mentor, always looking for the guy that I can look, you know, I can mimic, and because I didn't have a dad. Mm-hmm. So I was always looking for that figure and – he invited me to come coach at Faith Academy with him. He said, first, you know, just coach the middle school team. Then little by little, you come up to the JV. And then it took me two years. I'm coaching varsity. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, I'm under his care. And let me tell you, he not only spoke into my life, but he led a life of just a, a walking Christian, a, a godly man, an honorable man that I just was just – looking forward all my life to be like and let me tell you i've never seen somebody chew a player out (laughs) or just get on a player but as he is talking to the player 
the players get more encouraged <laughs> than the players getting chewed out. Yeah. You know, and I've always wondered, how do you do that? And that's how I actually learn how to become a man of God, how to become a man of valor, how to how to basically you can be angry but sin not mm -hmm. or you can walk in god's righteous angry or god's holiness and still be tough and strong and still have a heart of humility yeah and uh, i just want to thank coach coach lloyd scota if anybody's hearing this you know just a shout out to this man and i know he's changed a lot a lot of more people's life but anyways back into my last 10 years my son, Caleb, graduated from Faith Academy in 2013, and something happened at graduation. The headmaster had a phenomenal speech, and what he said after he ended, he said, you can live a life without regrets. And when he said that, something struck me, because, you know, I mean, as in, in, in this world, Sometimes there's a lot of hiccups. Sometimes mm -hmm. you say stuff and it's like, oh my gosh, I got cleanup work to do. Or sometimes you, you know, you make a move or a behavioral things that is not godly. It's very ungodly. And then you go, oh God, forgive me. I don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. But when he said you can live a life without regret, I said, I want to do that. There's got to be a way that you can live a life without regret. And since that day, after hearing that, I started living a life basically every morning when I get up, you know, back in, I think 2013, I didn't have the U version yet, mm -hmm. but I used to have a routine that the minute I wake up, I open my word and I just, you know, start through Proverbs, I start through the Psalms and I just needed a word that I can use that day that I live by. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter what it was. It was, you know, life and death is in the power of your tongue. If you love it, you will eat its fruit. So I said, so if I say a cuss word, that's what I'm going to eat. So Coach Lopez don't cuss because I don't want to eat curse. So I, I started learning then that life and death is in the power of your tongue. So I want to speak life. So that's what I would like to eat. So every day when I spoke life, that's what I knew would come back at me. So um, that basically started creating a shell, a, a, a life around Coach Lopez's life that everywhere he went, everywhere I'm talking in third person now, <laughs> that everywhere I went, you, you know, whether I, w I was at work, whether I was at home, whether I'm in, I'm coaching, whether I've always in the back of my mind, I wanted to live a life of if God himself is standing right next to me right now, would he be pleased with me? Mm. And that's what I always promise myself to do unto others that if they see me, can they see God or Jesus himself through me? Yeah. And, you know, that's that's a very hard things to, thing to do. But, you know, of course, like you said, a little is a lot. So you do it one day, then you do it the second day. Now mm. all of a sudden it becomes a week. Yeah. Then it becomes two weeks. And a little by little start adding to, you know, now it's a year. Yeah. Now you went 10 years with me. So that's a long time to just continue to add on, add on, add on. And here we are 10 years later. Yeah, right. And looking at that, like that that number 10 years is kind of scary, right? Like I've been doing this thing for 10 years. Mm -hmm. But whenever you take it day by day, it, it changes the whole world. Mm -hmm. let, me just, let me just get up early and read in the morning, just tomorrow and then tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, eventually that turns into 10 years and and – 
Um, I've seen the fruit of that, and I'm sure you've seen. Obviously, you've seen the fruit mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, how 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 cool! What a word! What a what a good word to hear. Um, but one thing you said um, back when you were talking about uh, Caleb's graduation, um, and you were talking about men and and learning how to be a man, and I just want to say, like, isn't that something that maybe has been lost in particularly maybe the church today. Like, um, I I feel like I don't see a whole lot of men of God in the church today. Well, statistics speaks for itself. Um, A house that a mother that take their children to church, um, I'm not sure about the numbers, but 17% of that family will get saved. But when the father gets involved, over 80% of the whole family will get saved. So that would speak for itself, the big gap of when the father is in authority, when the father is leading the family, everything will follow because that's what God's original plan was for uh, for his family. Mm -hmm. He always wanted the father to be the leader. He always wanted the father to comfort, to protect, to provide, to do all of the things. So if you look back, I want to say in the last 40 years, we have had a decay of home without fathers leading their family to church. Now, let's take church out of the equation. Father, period, to lead yeah. their family. So if you just have a father in a, in a house, it protects you from a whole another. I mean, the father don't even have to be a Christian. Right. Just a father in a house gives that child uh, assurance mm-hmm. of, you know what? I have my mom and my father. I was telling my class that not too long ago. I said, me and my wife started doing Shabbat. On Friday nights, because we went to Israel in the last three years. So every time we come back, we come back with that, with that just notion of, oh my gosh, I want to go back because that's where Jesus is coming back. He ain't coming back to Sims, Alabama. (laughs) He ain't coming back to Mobile. He's coming back to Jerusalem. And I want to go back there. You know, every time we come back enough. And the, the thing that I always come back with is we have lost the awe of God the Father. We've lost the the honor and the holiness that God represent in this country. And when you do that, what happens? Like you said, it goes back to the Father. The, the, the forgotten blessing that happens on the family is because the fathers are not there. Now, I, I don't want to take anything away from the single mom because there's some moms that do a heck of a job raising their children in mm-hmm. their way. Sure. However, that's not what God intended for us to be. Yeah, He intended for the father to lead the family. So if you look at the world right now, the way it's going, the fathers are not there. So guess what the end result is? We got broken families everywhere. There's dysfunctional kids everywhere. Schools and people. Schools are not like it used to be anymore because now kids are coming to school looking for a father figure or looking for a mentor or looking for someone to lead them. And you know what? When God put me at Mary Jim Montgomery, he put me at Jeremiah Denton or Adams Middle School in the public school, I took that role of saying, you know what? If they don't have a father at the, at the house, hopefully I will be just that little candle mm-hmm. on, the, on, the, uh, on the table, the side table, that they can say, hey, if he can do it, I can do it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say that also. Like, there. Let me tell you guys something. <laughs> no matter where you were in that school on the campus, if you saw Coach Lopez, you knew you knew a couple things. You knew he had a smile on his face. You knew he was going to, in some crazy way, his own way, whatever the heck he's saying half the time, he, he'll speak Spanish at you. But yes. he will absolutely always, I recognize, leave you with an encouraging word. And to even not, not only like the, the young, the youth, uh, the youth Christian believers at the school where you uh, a mentor and somebody that we could kind of rally behind. But to the people who didn't know Christ, you were such a, a huge light on the hillside. And I, I noticed that because every time you walked into the, the field house where, where, where the baseball team was, people, people changed mm-hmm. because, because, oh, Coach Lopez is here now. What is he going to think? What is he going to think if I'm doing, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. The the best experience I had was we were – I think it was my second year that I was there coaching. And, man, we weren't good. <laughs> we, were, we were not good. And I was standing right before a game, and I was just looking up to heaven. I said, God, what – I don't know how we're going to do this, but I need your help today. I need you to speak to these guys in a way that they can feel your presence or, you know, I mean, Coach Touchstone, I mean, I just – I just love that guy because I came there to help him. You know, of course, we had Coach Neil. You know, he's in his own world too, you know, whatever. (laughs) But right before that game, and I think – I still remember, I think we were playing either Citronelle or – Team out of Mississippi. I don't know. I think it was Georgetown. George George County. And we we gathered together, you know, and Coach Touchstone, you know, as always, go, all right, Coach, say a prayer. And something inside of me said, you know what? The heck with this. I said, God, I want to win today. Because normally, you know, when you pray, it's almost like, you know, God, you know, protect us. (laughs) You know, save us from accident. Let these boys play good. I just said boldly, I said, God, I want to win today just because these guys, they need to hear some kind of encouraging words. And and I'm talking about I just went in on a prayer. And when I said amen, I mean, you can see us like everybody's like, yeah, we got to go do this today. You know, I think we won, too. So I, I, must, I must put that in there. Yeah, I think that's uh, that says something. So what Trey was saying is um, for for those athletes, you know, at these public schools that, you know, probably – majority don't have you know a father figure um i think it it speaks numbers on you and you know this is the first time i've ever met you but (laughs) trey's talked about you uh but i think it speaks numbers when you know when you walk into a room and you can affect somebody in a way of you know hey coach is here hey like no you know uh for for it to change the environment when you walk in i think that just speaks numbers and especially in a public school you know Mm -hmm. where it's it's so needed, um, you know, because even in, in experience, in my experience, even some families that are together, you know, that aren't broken are still not necessarily leading their kids in the right mm-hmm. direction. Uh, so even if it's, you know, not a broken family, I think 
they there still needs to be some leadership that that probably isn't getting at home. So I think that speaks numbers on you of of just how you can how how you've affected these these high school students. Uh, and I I know uh, you know I went to Sarah Land and I, I can pick one or two guys out that were that were the same way for me where. Um, you know, it was just encouragement to see them. Mm -hmm. You know, when I walked upstairs, you know, if I'm having a bad day, um, I can remember Coach P walking up to me, man, and he knew everybody. He would say everybody's last name mm -hmm. as they walked the door, you know, a little little fist bump. Uh, but it, it was just so encouraging to me on even a bad day. You know, Coach P was 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 there, you know, what's up, man? How are you? Um, and I, I can see that you're the same way, you know, uh, just a light for, for some of those students. Uh, so I just – that just kind of caught me uh, um, how important that is now. Um, and that's really encouraging to me to know that they're, you know, as bad as we, we hear, you know, schools are right now, uh, that there still is, uh, there still are people that are, you know, lifting students up, leading them in a right way uh, and encouraging them where, you know, it's, it's not just a, you know, miserable thing for them. And, you know, they don't have the leadership, but, but you're guiding those uh, students. So, um, I just wanted to, you know, I think that's that's awesome. Yeah, and real quick, not only would Coach, he he really cared. He absolutely cared more than just about anybody in that school, but he would love you more than just about anybody in that school. He would encourage you, but don't get me wrong, he would dog your tail out now. <laughs> well, that's, that, that goes into it. You, you need that into the end of that leadership, you know, that, that guidance of, of growing up, you know, if they don't have it at home, you know, it's good to have somebody there that, that's going to do it. So Absolutely. Awesome. You know, us boys, we're knuckleheads. Yeah. So <laughs> sometimes you just got to, you know, like, like back in the days, they said the shepherds used to put the sheep back in line. Mm -hmm. That's what they used to staff for. Kurt, well, do it. well, all of that kind of leads into one of my next questions. So, honestly, with you being not only a coach but a teacher, also, um, you're kind of like on the front lines of the the public school system, and and kind of like, wh what do you see like if you had to put the next generation somewhere of students coming coming through the school system? Um, I mean. Where do you see God working through this generation, or uh, where do you where do you think we're headed? Well, a lot have changed over the. See, this is my twenty fifth year in the in the system, wow. and a lot has changed from the day I started to right now. Um, what I want to say is, the honor system would never go out of style. I always tell my class my classes that there's two things that keeps people in places where they are is to honor God with all your heart, all your strength, all your soul. You can say that in a public school, because let me tell you something that does not go out of style. I don't care who you are, where you come from, what you can honor God. And there's, and the other commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. You cannot love your neighbor as yourself if you don't honor God. So here's what happens with, with, humanity period mm. because we don't honor god the way we should the love for one another start to diminish radically so what wind up happening i'm sitting in a classroom now so the first thing i day first day we step in there i raise my hand and i say listen guys saying thank you saying please saying may i saying sir or i honor you or 
I give you honor whenever I'm, I'm speaking to you. None of those things has gone out of style. None of those things are unpopular. If you want to be the most popular person in this school or wherever you go at home or at, and uh, when, when you're with your boys or whatever, if you want to be the most popular guys, do the opposite. You know what that is? Hey, man, thank you for what you just did just now. Hey, man, I appreciate what you just did just now. Hey, man, by the way, man, you're awesome. Say an encouraging word to somebody. They will look at you like, oh, my gosh, what is wrong with you? Mm -hmm. Guess what? They paid attention. And the minute they say what is wrong with you is because you don't struck a chord with them because they're not like that. And the more you continue to be on that road, the more you continue to be on that honor system because it's an honor thing. We don't like honor each other anymore. Yeah. We as people just, we, for some reason inside of us, we think we have to up one another in everything we do. And, you know, and especially among boys, the janking begin, <laughs> you know, the mama jokes begin, the, the you know, just the trolling begins yeah. because you want to up one another. You want to be one on top one. But here's the deal. You get a guy that's humble. You get a guy that knows his identity, who he is, especially in Christ, mm-hmm. and he looks at you and he say, "Man, I love you, man. You're you're awesome." They'll look at you like you're crazy. They don't yeah. want to hang with you, yeah. or they're gonna want to hang around you because they feel sure that you are one of the guys that are loyal. You're the one of the guys that got it together. No. You know no. what I mean? But like you're saying though, where do you think we're going with this generation? This generation is going to need some Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego type of guys. <laughs> this is what I'm oh, saying. Yeah, because the hellfire down, huh? <laughs> Because here's, here's, here's what's, what's happening. They are looking for the truth speakers. They are looking for the guys that are, and again, you don't have to be a flaky, you know, be of, of, of you know, like, like the word would say, not to be any earthly good, but every time you hallelujah, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Uh, no. You don't need any of that. If you have it in you, you don't have to be any of that. But they need some Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego around them that when the king comes and says, you're going to have to bow down for the things that are ungodly. You're going to have to do some stuff that the peers are telling you to do that are ungodly. Oh, everybody else is doing it, so let's do it. So you're going to have to have some Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that's going to look at the king or look at whoever's saying to do these things and say, let me tell you something. We're not going to bow down to these things. We're going to stand for God Almighty because guess what? Even if he doesn't save me at this point, he's still going to be God. So we're going to have to have the even if approach of no matter how bad things is going to look, we're going to go with the even if. Because at the end of the day, we know who's going to get you out of that fire. We know because, I mean, the king is going to say, didn't we just put three men in that furnace? Why do I see four? God will always. Let me tell you a quick story about that. And this is almost off cuff cuff from what you're saying. My wife's dad just got murdered two years ago. This guy body slammed him, dropped him on his head. I know this is kind of like crazy. But 2020, we're going through COVID. He's at this place, and this guy just go crazy. The devil don't got a hold of him. He dropped my wife's dad on his head, killed him on the spot. Now, where I'm going with this is not knowing that my wife's dad kind of family, they're really, really white people. 
if you know what I mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. I'm a Caribbean boy. I'm not that white. Yeah. So I was the only brown-looking guy up there in North Alabama whenever this went down. Happened to find out that one of the guys that's a really good friend with my wife's dad, he used to be like my wife's dad's ex-brother-in-law, he was very, very racial. Mm-hmm. And he used some racially words towards me. So during the whole time, I'm thinking that he is using this kind of behavior towards me. I'm thinking, okay, it's either I'm going to drop this guy, I'm going to hit him with a two-by-four side of his head, <laughs> or I'm going to have to be a Shadrach, Meshach, or a Meshach, or Abednego towards him in this ministry case because there's two ways this thing's going to go down. You're not going to continue to insult me in my face blatantly. And, and laugh about it and think you're cool with it. Yeah. So I told him, I said, let me tell you something. I'm a man of God. I'm a minister of the gospel. Nobody's ever talked to me in this kind of way. He said, well, that's who you are. You're an effort. You use that word effort. He called me an effort. I'm like, isn't this something? This man just blatantly just called me effort in my face, <laughs> and I'm trying to help him. Yeah. So we were fixing a light bulb that we were trying to put a motion light in the corner of uh, the cabin of uh, my wife's um, dad's house, and they forgot that the night before they forgot to s- turn the switch off. So when, as the day is approaching, I'm helping him setting the lights for for the cabin, and I go and get the ladder for him. So as I went and get the ladder, and I'm bringing him the ladder, he said, that's what you do, Ephraim. You help me out. Because, you know, I mean, this is how we do things around here. We do things the redneck way. Mm. I said, okay, here we go. So I looked at him. I said, you know what? That's enough of that. I said, God, would you please talk to this man yourself about this situation? I kid you not, Trey. The guy climbed on top of this ladder. He take three steps. He put his hand to the wire, forgetting that they didn't turn the wire. The wire was hot no. as fire. I kid you not. The minute I said that, he touched them two wires. And I'm talking about it was like a fire from heaven. I mean, the guy (laughs) fell off the ladder straight on his back and he's still shaking. I walk right over him and it's almost (laughs) like I crouch over him and I said, God does not like ugly. That's how we respond to people that act. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego moment. Yeah. Now, I could have went in the flesh and knocked beside the head, but God said, no, let me handle it for it. Because guess what? It will feel better the way I do it. (laughs) Amen to that. Amen. Amen to that. That's awesome. Wow. You know, Coach, I don't think I've ever uh, spent even just one afternoon with you where I didn't hear some crazy story like that. <laughs> I've heard some crazy ones, but I think all of yours top of the list. Um, <laughs> um, so earlier, I'm going to go back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Earlier we talked uh, a little bit about how how much of a light you are, an encourager, all of these things. And I definitely noticed that coming through school and um, you you talked about this a little bit, but how much of that is how intentional is that like as it's going through your head personally? And um, uh, I would also imagine that uh, the school where you work would be kind of where you see your mission field. Well, mission field is every day you wake up. I mean, people is my mission field. However, I'm in a 
a peculiar job, mm. a peculiar position where children are very impressionable. Mm. And every move you make, they know. Mm. Every blink that you blink, they, 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 they catch on on it, especially if you are making a difference in their lives. Um, I have, you know, Jennifer, my wife, you know, by the way, my name, my wife's name is Jennifer J-Lo. Lopez, J-Lo. So that's, I, I can't leave that's her awesome. out. Um, Jennifer has been a very, very strong, uh, I want to say, a very virtuous lady in my life mm-hmm. where, first of all, I had to learn the English language. And that does not go one day that she doesn't teach me on my grammar. <laughs> she has to fix my grammar every day. So I try to do my best to speak proper English if you're out there listening to me. Um, but I, I, I want to thank my wife for really keeping me grounded mm-hmm. in in especially Christianity in the, in the world of living. A, because living in a Christian world, sometimes you can kind of go radical. Mm-hmm. And basically think everybody's going to hell. Yeah. And you and your family the only one going to heaven. No, it doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. So me and my wife, we always balance each other in 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 this way by, hey, listen, sometimes let's just let's just have a good talk or let's just have a good life. You know, I mean yeah. we know we love Jesus, but we don't have to use Jesus everywhere we go or whatever. So with these kids, like you're asking is, if I live a life conducive to what honors God, I don't have to say anything or I don't have to say much because a child, um, you know, it's like the word says, he said, you have to be like a child to enter the kingdom of heaven. Right. So a child recognizes the spirit of God better than adults will. So anytime the spirit of God shows up in a room and a child recognizes it, the word will spread. And I mean, I'm talking about the word will spread because they would notice it and they would go, hey, we got a real one over yeah. here or hey. We got a we got we got a flaky one yeah. over here, you know, yeah. and and usually it comes by the words that you use because children loves to hear truth, and when you speak truth to them, not the first time, not the second time, not the third time, not the fourth time, not the fifth time, but by the twenty fifth time, <laughs> you said the same thing that you said the first time, and you mean it. They know we got something. We got something here, right. and they honor that more than anything else because they want something to fall back on. Right. So, um, you know, I said a lot, and just to say a little right there <laughs> is to when 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 I look at the word, and then I look at the world that we live in. Jesus lived when Jesus came the first time. He came in a similar world that we live in right now, mm. and all he did was. He said, listen, I'm just going to love you and I'm just going to show you a few things that the father would do because as you see me, you see the father. Mm. And you know what? You don't have to wonder. Yeah. Let's just go and, 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 and do this thing. And, you know, like I said, the, the story with, with the woman with the, um, that got caught in adultery, for instance, that story is so profound because a lot of people don't realize that. They had every right to stone that lady that day. But Jesus, in his infinite wisdom, looked at them and said, you know what? You are right. 
we're supposed to stone this lady, but let me ask you this. If you don't have any sin on you, you throw the first stone. Yeah. And I'm, I'm telling you, if you ask somebody that, all of a sudden it's like you bring it right back to them. Yeah. So basically that's how conviction falls on us. So if we can continue to walk in that kind of environment and always kind of bring the, the grace of salvation, the lady got saved right there. She didn't have to say the Lord's prayer to get saved. Yeah. She didn't have to say, Jesus, come live in my heart. I will never sin again because Jesus don't go and sin no more. Yeah. She didn't have to say the salvation prayer. When she turned around and saw that everybody left, she said, oh, my gosh, I want to follow you for the rest of my life because yeah. I should be dead by now. And when people start recognizing that, you don't have to sit down with them and hold their hand and tell them you got to say this prayer or whatever, because they recognize that Jesus just slipped in right then and says, hey, I want you to be with me. Yeah. One thing I've noticed is uh, this uh, younger generation is um, like you said, I mean, they they want to hear truth. And uh, I believe I firmly believe that um, as much bad it, there is out there. Our generation really wants to hear truth and they're willing to dissect it and compare it and measure and all of these things. I've seen that a lot in the last year, but I did want to share one of my one of the scariest scriptures in the whole uh, in the word for me, especially being the oldest um, of two brothers mm -hmm. has been. Um, look, I can't remember it now. Hold up. Uh, <laughs> The oh, whoever leads one of the children astray, mm. it'd be better for him if a millstone was hung on his mm -hmm. neck and thrown in the ocean. That's some scary scriptures, right yes, there. Yes, it is. And uh, I can remember reading that very early as a Christian, reading that and having two little brothers. And because I, I read that, I believe uh, the pastor probably read it on a screen one night at church. And I'm sitting there, and that kind of freaked me out. And I kind of turned my head. And my two little brothers are sitting right behind me. And I'm like, man, there's no way this is happening right yes. now. But that, ever since that day, that's good. that has been a scary scripture for me and, and a convicting scripture for me. So that's why I just want to say, uh, I just want to, I want to honor you and thank you for what you do and the way that you lead and guide and direct children. Um, because obviously that is such an important role, not only to, to me and to the community, but to God. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so also I want to, I want to tag along on that. I mean, same back at you with the honor system, you know, same back with you too. Um, what I've noticed also is the good guys are getting better. Yeah. And, and it's like for some reason they're getting even even better to the point of the average people are getting worse. So what's happening now? There's a big gap mm -hmm. back. You know, I almost want to say 25 years ago, <laughs> the gap wasn't as big because, you know, people were still kind of dabbling a little bit. You know, they go to church, you know, they're still trying to honor. They're still. But now it's almost like you can still as a, a, a divide between the, the, the good is getting better. And the bad is getting worse right. and worse. And and as the good is continue to get better, the worse is going to start calling on, 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 on the ones that are getting better and better mm -hmm. because they're going to be like, hey, 
Remember the jailer that had Paul in jail and, and after Paul walked out, he's, he noticed that Paul, the, the cell, the jail cell was open and he's like, oh my gosh, they're gone. Yeah. They're going to kill me. So <laughs> Paul said, no, 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 we're still here. And the first question the guy asked, what must I do to get saved, dude? Yeah. Because if there's a God as big that you're claiming to be that can just open a jail cell with you still sitting in here after you open the jail cell for you to just walk out, but you're still sitting in here waiting to talk to me. Yeah. I want to serve that kind of God. Amen. You know, I mean, that's awesome. Amen. And so many people would say how uh, kind of tagging back along um, how you say the, the good is getting better, the bad is getting worse. And so many people see so much more of the bad, right? And so many people would say, oh man, this this world, this whole world's gone to hell in a handbasket. Mm -hmm. And um, but I think I think part of that may be true, but I think another part of that is how much easier it is for us to see uh the, those fruits of the spirit that uh the word talks about and easier for us to see that guy, that guy needs to hear the word. That guy needs encouragement. That guy needs love because we can see the fruit so much better and so much more brighter or whatever. Um, I mean, what does the word say about, about us? He said, who are my disciples? Those that follow my commandments. Yeah. Who are my disciples? Those that love my word. Mm -hmm. Who are my disciples? So basically, you sometimes you don't even have to wonder who is God's really disciples because you just look at their lives right. and you go, man, that guy love God's word. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that guy don't bend for nothing. Yeah. I mean, let me tell you something. I'm in some rough crowd sometimes. Oh yeah. I'm I am some, and I'm, and let me tell you words that be flying around. I'll tell you, there was a coach that almost wanted to fight me a couple of years ago at Mary G. Montgomery. I shouldn't be talking like this, but, <laughs> but this guy was a cusser. Yeah. I mean, and I told him straight up, I said, dude, you need to quit all that cussing. Yeah. He's like, man, who do you think you are? You need to get out of here if you don't want to hear any cussing. I said, time out. So you mean to tell me that you talk like that in the principal's office? You talk like that at the dinner table? Do you talk like that because you told me you go to church? You talk like that at the church? Mm. So if you don't talk like that in these places, but you talk like that here, you have selective speech. Yeah. So you're selecting when and where you can talk like that. So in other words, you choose and plan when you talk like this. So what does that tell? What's that tell me of you? He said, well, there you go. You're trying to judge me. I'm going to heaven and you're going down there. I said, well, <laughs> guess what? We'll find out whenever <laughs> the day comes. <laughs> but that's just, you know, but that's the world. You know, that's the world way of anytime you find yourself in the world, just be the light. Right. Just let let just let love flows and and you know let humility and 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 just the things that that God has put on your heart to continue to flow because I'm telling you man more people are looking for that like you said mm -hmm. and the Bible says in Matthew 24 you know how God's going to come back how Jesus is going to come back he said just as the day of Noah when we're just marrying, we're having our parties, we're yeah. playing baseball, we're doing our own thing, we're having our backyard barbecue. And having a good old time. Having a good old time. <laughs> and that door's going to shut, yeah. like in the day of Noah. Boop. Yeah. 
because Noah's been crying for 120 years. Hey, guys, change house life. Hey, guys, come on. Hey, guys, come on. So guess what? He that has an ear, if you're hearing my voice right now, he's coming back. But he's coming back for a church that's that wants to go after him. He's coming back for a heart that is just, you know, just seeking him. So guess what? Just like it's the day of Noah. And you know what's so funny? Sometimes we hear history of stuff that happened in the past. We hear stuff that happened to other people. But sometimes we think, oh, that just happened to them. And it's happened right in front of us. And when you when you really come to realization that you know what our generation may be that generation that is going to come back yeah so please don't miss the boat yeah <laughs> don't Amen. let the door shut in Amen. front of you because yeah. when it comes down when that door when that door shuts there ain't no slowing it down <laughs> ain't no slowing it down you know so good stuff <laughs> yeah oh man so real quick the uh whenever i Got the idea. I said, man, I got to get Coach Lopez. There ain't no telling what he's going to say, but I got to get him on this podcast. And uh, before I even called him, I said, as soon as he picks up this phone, he's going to know exactly what he wants to share. (laughs) And lo and behold, he picks up and I say, hey, man, you want to come on the podcast? He said, oh, man, I got a great story I want to tell about what the Lord did. So um, that's how we're going to end this, this episode, Coach I know you got uh, you had something on your heart, so let us hear it. Well, two years ago, 2020, we were all dealing with the C word. You know, I mean, <laughs> everybody know what that is, the 19. <laughs> and, you know, 2020 was a year, a hard year for a lot for I almost want to say the world. Yeah. And, you know, that was a time where if you didn't know God or if you wanted to know about God, I mean, everybody probably in the word heard the word, how much God loves them, how much God wants, because there was a lot of people that lost a lot of lives. A lot of lives were, 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 were you know, there was a lot of deaths, yeah. a lot of sickness. Um, you know, every family was trying to find an answer somewhere, somehow. Um, you know, you had to live with your own family in a, in a close vicinity <laughs> for a long period of time. So you had to literally have church in your own house. Yeah. Um, um, you know, hey, they shut churches down, but I thought I would never get this virus. I, I thought I was invincible. And lo and behold, on Election Day, November 3rd, 2020, I'm standing in line to go vote and I don't feel good. And I look at my wife. I said, you know, I don't feel good. I mean, I got a headache. I mean, I feel it a bit warm, but she said, you need to go get tested. I said, nah, I mean, this yeah. thing ain't going to touch me. I felt like this. Lo and behold, I go and get tested, and the guy said, yeah, you're positive, man. I'm like, okay, well, what do I need to do? He said, well, you know, load yourself up with vitamin C, vitamin D, you know, load yourself up with this vitamin. I'm like, oh, I can do that. I mean, that's easy. Mm-hmm. Seven days goes by, and I'm still 102 fever straight. I mean, it never never let up. Uh, headache for seven days straight. I mean, I remember go to urgent care, and – they said, well, you know, we can give you this shot and it can, you know, alleviate a few things, whatever. I'm like, give me a shot. I need I need some relief. They gave me a shot, you know, for about two days. I started feeling good. Fever's still there, but I'm feeling better. I'm like, oh, I'm getting out of this. You know, by the ninth day, it just turned for the worst. I went, oh, my gosh, my lungs feel like they don't want to open up. And I'm taking short breath and I'm going, man, this is. 
By the 11th day, I looked at my wife. I said, this thing is going downhill fast. Yeah. This is not fun anymore. So by the 13th day, and the, the reason I know about the 13th day, because that morning I go back to urgent care and I, I take like this um, – this IV fluid to mm. just get fluid in my system so I can just function. And I remember the doctor did an x-ray of my chest and he comes back in. Now, I don't, I'm not making fun of this Indian guy, but this is how he talked. He goes, oh, it look bad, it look bad, it look bad. It look, it look very, very bad, very bad. I said, what do you mean? He said, ah, oh, double pneumonia, double pneumonia. It looks bad, man. You can't go to work for 10 more days. It bad, it bad, it's, it's bad. And, and your fever and... Man, it looked bad. It looked very bad. <laughs> I said, man, quit telling me it looks bad. He said, hey, it looks bad. <laughs> so I texted my wife because my wife couldn't come inside with me. I texted. I said, hey, they saying it's looking bad. Oh, she lost it. <laughs> so by that afternoon, uh, I go to Spring Hill Hospital because I did not want to be admitted. I felt like if I got admitted, I'm just going to be constrained. And, you know, they said the less movement the worse it will get. So I go to the to the emergency room at Spring Hill Hospital that afternoon, and the doctor comes out. He said, "Listen, man, I know your lungs don't don't look good, but you got a lot of life left." And I believe whether he was a Christian or not, or he was sent by God because he looked at me. He said, "You need to fight." He started yelling at me. <laughs> "You need to fight. You need to fight. You can't go down like this." I mean, just started yelling at, and I'm sitting there looking at him, going, "Dude, what do you think I'm trying to do? You think yeah. I want this?" Anyways, long story short, I walk out of there. I was encouraged because you know I kind of like that kind of bold, oh, kind of in my face type of deal. You, you know, ain't, you ain't had that kind of pep talk since your playing days. I'm <laughs> telling you, I mean, he was all up my face. You gotta fight this man. You can't just go down. So I go home that night, and I'm laying in bed. It's probably late, about eleven, and I'm not feeling good. I I just in the back of my head, I'm like. I guess this is it. Let's just call it. <laughs> let's just call it goodbye because you know everybody's dying anyway. So I guess see you, Coach Lopez. Sayonara, you know. <laughs> but I was watching a Christian channel, or I think I might even was watching a, a preaching on the. And I remember the passage of Job. Job said, "Naked I came, naked shall I return." The Lord gives, and the Lord bless. No, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't speak it out loud. I was just little because that's how bad my lungs were. Mm -hmm. I could not breathe. Mm -hmm. I was like taking short breath just to, I would take a little breath and just a little bit, let it just go out just a little bit so I can take the other one. That's how bad it got. Mm -hmm. And as I said those, those scriptures, I said, Lord, if I get to see you in a little bit, remember the last words that I just said, blessed be thy name. Remember that. I said, blessed be thy name. I didn't use no bad word. I said, blessed be thy name. Because, you know, you can easily feel sorry for yourself, easily go down the dumps and just start it going, man, might as well throw in the towel. You know, I'm coming to see you, God, oh, God, uh, whatever. But I quoted Job's verse as I fell asleep. I saw a big throne in front of me. I was sitting in a big auditorium. And as I'm sitting there, I can see this big guy. And I knew it was God because he was huge. Hmm. But I can't see his face. I can see all of his adornment. The place that I'm sitting is filled with gold, uh, diamonds, just pearls. 
I mean, the place was tapestry. The curtains were just radiant. I mean, everything was like, and I'm the only one sitting in the auditorium. And I'm going, what is this place? And as, I, as I'm sitting there marveling, I saw a line, a slew of people to my right. To my left, there was an itty-bitty guy looking like a Yoda. He was like <laughs> a little Yoda guy, big old ears, big old big old eyes, and he's hollering at me in my direction. Oh, we got you now. You're going down the pits. Oh, you're done. You're not going to survive this. You're done. Oh, you're done. I'm telling you, you're done. And I'm sitting there waiting. Why is he talking to me? I mean, I don't know you. Don't talk to me like that. Just. And I see God started waving his hand towards the people. One by one, the, the people were walking, and one guy, the first guy comes walking up. He said, Hey, Lord, I haven't prayed to you in a long time, but help him out. And he keeps walking. This other guy comes walking, and he said, listen, I don't even believe in you, but I know he believes in you. Help him out. I'm like, what the heck? This guy don't even believe in God, and he's praying for me. Mm -hmm. That was went through my mind. This elderly lady comes walking up. He said, it's me again. Would you please lay your hands on him and save him? I went, yeah, that's the kind of woman I need in my life, you know, whatever. But as she walks by that little Yoda thing, the only person that sp spoke to that little Yoda thing, which the accuser of the brethren accuses day and night. The Bible says in Revelation that Satan himself accuses us day and night. He finds a way to accuse you. It doesn't matter what you do. He's going to accuse you. How many times? Day and night. So if you're listening to me right now, if you feel condemned, if you feel like you're no good, if you feel like, you know what, I take one step forward and then you feel like you get pushed three back. If you feel like you're in debt, if you listen, let me tell you something. The enemy is here to accuse us day and night. Mm -hmm. Now, how do you convince the enemy to shut his mouth? You got to do double work by go back to him and says, no, not today, Satan. Yeah. Not it's not going to work on me. But guess what? You can't do it some of the time or, or, or whenever you feel like it. Because he's working day and night. Mm -hmm. So you constantly, consistently have to go back at him. Every time he opens his mouth saying, nah, not today. Every time he opens his mouth saying, oh, I got you. You're beat. Nah, not today. You're not talking to me. No, you may need to go talk to your imps. Don't talk to me. So you just go right back at him because he's there to accuse you. It doesn't matter. Sometimes it's your own friends that accuse you. Satan used people's mouth to accuse you. You just tell him, no, 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 no. You're the accuser of the brethren right now. We're not going to do this. But anyways, so... As two more people came by, they were praying for me, asking God to heal me. Then all of a sudden, this big voice, and I knew it was God. He said, I've seen enough. Y'all can stop. And his arms started stretching towards me. And, of course, you know, you're sitting there, and you're seeing this big guy, his arms coming towards you. And you're mm -hmm. going, oh, my gosh, his arm is coming. To and you're talking to yourself in your mind as you think. You know, you're going, oh, my goodness. His arm is coming towards me. Oh, he's his arm is very, very long. He's a, oh, he's big. Oh, his <laughs> hands is really big. And as it's getting closer to my face, I'm going, oh, I'm dead. I'm done. I'm, 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 I'm just, you know, this is it. Yeah. And as his hand got really close to my face, his he pointed his index finger and he touched my forehead really softly. And as he touched my forehead, I went, the finger of God just touched me. And I woke up, hmm. 7.30 in the morning. Remember, I fell asleep about 11 that night, 7.30 in the morning. And you know the first thing I did? I took a deep breath. 
and I can breathe. Wow. I took another deep breath. I said, the finger of God touched me and he healed me. Hmm. So I jumped off the bed really, really quick because I told my wife, if I touch in the middle of the night, we got to go because yeah. I'm, I'm not going to make it. So I jump off the bed, did two jumping jacks really, really quick just to see if I'm really breathing good. Did two push-ups really, really. Then I jumped right really back in, in the bed, act like I was still sleeping. And then I touched her. So she turned around. She said, we got to go, right? I said, time out, time out. God touched me last night. She said, oh, you're talking crazy now. Come on, we got to go. We got to go. I said, listen to me, watch. And I took two big breaths for her to see because she hasn't seen me breathe out. I said, God healed me last night. She said, what are you talking about? So I told her the story that I just told you. She's bawling. She's going crazy because <laughs> she hadn't seen me well for 13 days. Yeah. You know, I've been struggling for 13 days. And let me tell you something. From that day on, Monday, I go, I go back to school Monday. I ran a mile. I, take, I go to the track because I wanted to prove that my lungs were really, really healed. Because I was like, you know, if God really healed me, I want to know if this is for real. Yeah. I ran a mile in nine minutes. I'm 52 years old. I was 50, 50 then. <laughs> I ran a mile in nine minutes, and I said, I want the world to know that we serve a mighty God. I want the world to know that we serve a even if God. I want, a, I want the, girl, uh, the world to know that God is able, but here's what I want, want the world to know also. If you have a family member that didn't make it and they were saved, they're in the best place they can ever be. Yeah. If you have a family member that went through whatever I went through and they got healed, praise be to Jesus. Tell your story because there's a lot of people out there waiting for an encouraged word, a faithful, because this is like a faith word. It wants, you want, you want to see something happen that's evident that, that to a person to let you know that God still is, is in the business of, of healing people. God is still in the business of saving yeah. people. God is still in the business of letting you know that, hey, he's not worried about anything. Because yeah. when he gets ready to move, watch out. Because, mm -hmm. hey, I heard Steve Harvey said that the other day. I'm, and I'm quoting Steve Harvey. <laughs> Steve Harvey said, I heard his guy said, God, I'm in debt right now. Can you please get me out of debt in seven years? He said, are you crazy? This is the God that created the universe in six days. And you're going to wait for seven years for God to get you out of debt. Come on, man. <laughs> Just ask God for whatever you need right now. And he is able to do whatever you think. Ephesians 3.20 says, he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what you can think or ask mm -hmm. for the power that works within you. You know what that means? How much power is working in you right now? Let it flow, brother. Amen. Amen. <laughs> wow. That's a great testimony. That's a, that's a crazy story. Man. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> I don't even know. See, look, here's the deal. <laughs> Anytime you listen to a Coach Lopez story, you don't even know what follow-up questions to ask. Yeah, like, where, it, it, where? like, It's like stunned me. Like, I'm like, <laughs> wow. No, that, that was, that's an amazing just testimony that I think people need to hear for the I feel like COVID was such a tough time for everybody that a story like that just it, it just completely changes the game. I think and and can be used to give so much peace to people that that like you said did lose someone. You know, if they are a believer, like that's the best thing. You know, that, that 
they're they're as as good as it gets now you know they're uh you know they're on the streets of gold and and you know partying up with jesus yeah, up there yeah. man so uh, you know it it is you know a, a tough thing to experience but uh i think if you if you think of it like you do you know that uh, you know that, that that's the best place they can be and you know obviously god had purpose for you to still be here you're here and and making an impact uh and man I, i've thoroughly enjoyed hearing your story um i've thoroughly enjoyed uh your testimony of, of growing up and and just what you're doing in school uh in the public school now you know uh where people like you are much needed and there there are very few of you you know um at each school um so it's just a, a it's a blessing to hear that you know me and trey um we were grow group leaders for a bunch of juniors and seniors and and, and it was probably the most fruitful time i feel like for me uh, i felt like i was i what at, at the same time you feel like you're making a difference but you don't you know you feel like you're like what am i doing like yeah. how are, how am i leading these guys uh, but i think the fact of you know ninth 10th 11th 12th those kids need so much you know there's so much they need to you they need other people pouring in, yes. you know, they're pouring out. Uh, so I, I just think it, it's so encouraging that you're doing that. Um, and something I love is, you know, you said you, you, you don't even have to say anything, you know, if, if the spirit of God is there, it, it speaks with numbers. And uh, something we always say is, uh, you know, discipleship starts with relationship. Mm -hmm. So you, you just giving those kids a, Hey man, you're awesome. You know, mm -hmm. just a, just a word of encouragement is just that seed of, where discipleship begins for them. So, um, man, props to you. I, I've, like I said, I've thoroughly enjoyed this, and uh, it, it's a blessing to know that there are people like you in our school systems and and coaching uh, our youth. Um, and and really, it, it's it's not even about teaching or coaching. It's you're you're giving them the the stepping stones to be a follower of Christ, and and I think that's awesome. So uh, again, it's it's been a, a pleasure. Uh, you know, hearing your story. You said, uh, you said God's still in the business of healing and saving people. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it just, it just reminded me that, um, that God doesn't change. Mm -hmm. He never changes who he is. Right. And, um, just, I just wanted to say, as we close up, praise, praise God for that. And, um, man, I, couldn't be happier to get you on here. Uh, I thought that was phenomenal. We had a good time. We had a good conversation. Um, thank you, Coach. Thank you. Um, I kind of want to send a shout out to my kids since we're, you know, I don't know where this is hey, going to yeah. go. <laughs> shout out whoever you want. I want to, you know, shout out, of course, Jennifer Lopez. You know, it's, it's, it's Cancer Awareness uh, Month. Apparently, you know, it's pink. Yes. Everything's yeah, yeah, pink yeah. in uh -huh. October, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. <sighs> well, I'm I'm one of the guys that are doing the real man wear pink. I'm an ambassador this month. Awesome. So I'm raising money. As a matter of fact, 
your dad said he's going to support me. Hey. I heard he's the, you know, that's that's awesome. All right, Bert. Right there. I shout out for Bert. <laughs> so, so. Hey, Bert, if you're out there. <laughs> shout out for Bert. But um, go ahead and give him that blank here's, check. Here's what I want to say about that, too. You know, my wife had, you know, two bouts of skin cancer uh, a year ago. And, you know, it kind of pushed me a little bit into helping her because she's over this region and she's doing a phenomenal job. Also, Caleb, Sarah, you know, my, my grandkids, Lily, Justice, and Miriam, they're in Mobile right now. And my daughter is in Indiana. She's expecting again. She has a son named Israel. And that's awesome, you know, with, his, with her husband named Isaac. They are pastors in Indiana right wow. now, oh, and they're awesome. doing ministry work there. So, you know, the Lopez family just wow. continue to just drop it, man. Yeah, we that, just the awesome, Lopez man. family, and you know, just continue to drop that love. That's awesome. You mentioned Caleb. I just want. I just if Caleb listens to this, I just thought I'd throw this out there. I, there's rumors going around that you can still put a whooping on him. Uh, I don't know. The guy's strong. True that is. I don't know how true that is, but. Uh, but no, those Lopez's, they're they're everywhere. Um Yeah, man. I went to didn't I go to a uh, your wife did the cancer downtown? That was that was a pretty neat uh thing she does. She's over like a huge portion of the United States, right? Yes. She did a vintage affair where Lexus of Mobile uh sponsored the event where, you know, people come in there and just donate, you know money for the cancer awareness and it was a big party and you know you and your brothers came yeah. and helped us clean up yeah. we they were the cleanup crew yeah, we it was a big old event that's a man. good cleanup crew yeah. <laughs> well coach we want to uh let you give a little call to action you know just a, a few short sentences on uh you know your what you think a good call to action for our listeners are um you know and and that could be you know just a sentence or two of encouragement or, or something that you really uh, want to push, you know? Coach uh, doesn't do anything in a sentence or two. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fine. A paragraph or two or a page or two. Well, here's the deal. Here's oh, here the deal. Go. <laughs> God loves us. He created us for one purpose, for us to return the, the, the worship back to him. He created us in mind that he can... Com, uh, communicate with us, have co uh, a relationship with us that we should we should not perish. That's where uh, John three sixteen came by by for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whomsoever whomsoever believe in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. The reason He did that was because He wants to live with us. He wants to. He wants to get in our lives and just make us rich, make us blessed, make us healthy, make us wealthy. And for him to do that, he stands at the door. And he's such a gentleman that he doesn't just crash in. He just break in and just come into your heart and says, hey, I want to live with you. No, he stands at the door and he knocks and he waits for the invitation to come in. That's how beautiful this is because... He wants to change our lives for the better. He wants to change for our lives so we can come one day to live in eternity with him. And the way he does that, he, he nudge you. He, he, he lets his Holy Spirit tells you, Hey, come live with me. But he doesn't just come in. He waits 
for you to open the door and says, you know what, God, I need you today. Mm. You know what, God, I need someone to bring peace in my life or bring healing in my life or bring whatever it is at that, at that moment, because he's a God of all needs. And he waits for you to open the door so he can steps in and says, you know what, let's do this together. Let's, let's, let's do this life together. And, and as we live this journey together, because it's a journey, yeah. as we do this journey together, yeah, are we going to have our ups and downs? Yeah, absolutely. You know, for a long time, Christianity has been this thing. Oh, when you accept Jesus, everything's going to be fine. No. <laughs> you got another thing coming yeah. because guess what? We're living in a really, really dirty world. However, he's standing at the door and he's knocking and he's saying, you know what? Hey, would you let me in tonight? Would you let me in? to come and commune with you, to, to, to have house with you. Because I tell you what, I will make you a promise. I will make you mine. I will make you my family. And if that's you tonight, if that's you, wherever you are right now, be sitting in a car listening to this or on a computer, or on a laptop, or somebody just, you know, <laughs> put this out there on your, on your iPod, whatever you are. Um, listen. All you have to say is, God, I'm opening this door right now for you to walk in and I'm inviting you in because you're such a gentleman. And I just want you to come in and not only play house, but take over this house. Mm -hmm. Come in and be the Lord of my house. And you know how that happens? You just got to humble yourself because in Chronicles, it talks about, he said, if my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. You know what wicked ways is? You yourself, your ways, our ways. None of us deserve heaven. We are sitting here just by grace, just happen to be, you know. Unqualified. Yes, happen to be unqualified. And that, that was good right there. Happen to be unqualified and he's using us in a way to pull you in. He's using this to speak life into your life and saying, you know what? You too can share of his goodness. You too can sh share of this mercy and grace that we all do not deserve. And as I'm sitting here with, you know, just my heart is tugging right now and crying out for, for people to just turn their lives and their hearts to our, our father, because he's a good, good father. Yeah. And as I, as I said that, you just open your mouth and you say, God, you know, I want you to come live in my heart and come live with me. And as you do that, you say, God, forgive me for not coming to you sooner. Or if you have walked away, say, God, I've walked away, but I want to, I want back. It's not that you went back. He's going to come to you because the minute you turn towards him, he will run to you as the father with the prodigal son. He will run out to you and hold you in his arm and says, you're welcome. So, so I just want to say a quick prayer over you and your household, wherever you are, and, and believe that this prayer would just radically change you and change you and your family through generations. So, Lord, I just thank you right now that you are a holy God. You are a good God. Beside you, there is no other. God, we call on you right now to heal your people, to save your people. We call on action to for salvation right now, God, for anybody that's hearing my voice. And we say, Jesus, have your way in their lives so they can cry, Abba, Father, and say, Jesus, come live in my heart. I know I'm a sinner. 
God, forgive me of all of my wrongdoing. But Lord, I will understand that you died on that cross and shed your blood just for me. And I believe that you rose again and that one day you're coming back to find me because I am looking up for the day that you return. I'm not going to miss that boat. I'm not going to miss that boat because I will be looking out for that day that you return. And for the day you return, we will go and live heavily, mightily, with power, and, and, and live with you for, for eternity. And you will get to meet the people that you have lost. They will come back, and we will get to live as a big family with our Lord Jesus, our Christ in, in heaven. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. How powerful. Man, that's good. That's good stuff. We and appreciate you, man. Yeah, we thank you. I'm going to be saying I'm not going to miss that boat for probably the rest of my <laughs> life. <laughs> Matter of fact, that's how we need to uh, close the podcast from yeah, now man, on. For sure, for sure. <laughs> but, we appreciate you, Coach, and we're glad you came out and and uh, got to sit down with us and, and tell us uh, your story and uh, really just give a, a call to action and encouragement for everybody. Thank you so much. I'm so honored. And y'all continue to spread the news and just continue to do what you do, because I'm telling you, you are making a difference. Y'all made a difference in my life tonight. Amen. Thank you Amen. so much. And I honor you. Amen. You made a difference in ours. And uh, to anybody out there, I just want to say, um, if you need to go back and rewind that a little bit and, and just listen to everything that coach just said in the past 10 minutes uh, please do uh, because you just heard the most important message you'll ever hear in your life uh, so anyways i guess that's it for this week we are out of here and one more time don't miss the boat <laughs>